0: Hello everybody, I am Jason Trader and I am the Prince of Wessex. This is The Art of Being and today I wanna talk to you a little bit about how the Most High views covenants, covenants. You see, because when the Most High created this earth plane that we live in, when he created this, this land, this Eretz in Hebrew, right? The land, the ground, the earth, that we live in, he established rules and laws, okay? That is called his Torah. Now, a lot of people will equate the Torah to the first book, five books of the Bible, but I think that the Torah, to me, is so much more. What causes the sun to move in the sky? And what causes the sun to travel in the firmament, right? What causes the moon to wax and wane in its seasons? Torah. They were given a command, <laughs> a spoken word from Yahuwah, and he said, "You'll do this on a thirty day cycle and appear this way on certain times of the year." that's That's Torah, that's instruction, that thing, that moon, or that flower, right? That wave on the seashore, that rock. They all do what they were commanded to do. By the spoken word of our Creator. That's Torah. That's instructions. Everything that lives has instructions. And there's this instruction that I have observed on this earth that I have never seen Yahuwah break. Never. And it's this is the covenant. He will never break an agreement between two people. Never. He will never break an agreement between two people. And as a matter of fact, he established his laws and principles to where no one else can break covenants or agreements between two people except for the people involved, right? Let let me give you an example. So Joshua chapter nine, right? Joshua and his his little uh, cronies there, they're all going through the land. They're they're wiping people out, they're taking out giants. They're, hey guys, now is the time to take this promise. And uh the most high tells them, "Hey, don't make covenants with nobody. Don't make covenants with nobody." That's what he tells them. Just just get wipe them out. But they get tricked, right? The Gibeonites come over there. They look like they've been traveling a long way and they literally set up the Israelites. And they didn't listen. They didn't ask God first. They didn't go to God and say, a, uh, Most High, is this even a cool covenant to get into? They didn't listen to his previous instructions, which was don't make no covenants with nobody. And they made an agreement with these people. This agreement literally thwarted the plans of the Most High. It, it ruined what he wanted. It did. It literally ruined it. The Most High could have come into the Gibeonites that were tricking the Israelites. He could have come in and just wiped them out himself because I don't want them there and I'm gone. But because Israel made a covenant, you see God, Yahuwah, my God, he don't break covenants, y'all. He does not break covenants. And everyone likes to say that, you know, the covenant between him and Israel, right? He made a covenant between him and Israel that if they keep certain laws, statutes, and commandments, that they would be allowed to enter the land promised to Abraham uh, Isaac and Jacob, right? He, he, and then he, they, they broke the covenant. Israel broke the covenant. So God had to renew it. And we're all familiar with these, these new covenant, right? We're familiar with old covenant. We're familiar with these terms in the West. We use them, but we see that God is not the one who broke the covenant, right? The people didn't do as they agreed. They entered the covenant. So the only people who can break covenants, are the people involved in the agreement, and that is a law that exists on this earth that cannot be changed. Okay, let me give you an example. So, like when I was living in Spain, uh, when I was living in Spain, I used to uh, live very close to where I worked, and so I would go home for lunch and have lunch with my wife. And it just so happened <laughs> the Judge Judy <laughs> was always on TV. Uh, when we were eating lunch. So me and my wife, we would sit down and we would watch Judge Judy. And we thought it was hilarious. We loved it. We're watching law. And there was something I always noticed with Judge Judy. She let the people tell the stories. A lot of people liked the th- thought she was rude, but she would let the people tell the stories. She would let them get the thing out. And then she would always say, but did you sign the contract, sir? And if they said yes, case dismissed. And she would walk away. And the other person would win because there was a covenant and an agreement between them that the law itself could not undo. All these statutes and these laws we have in America, and if two people make an agreement, the judge presiding over it cannot change that agreement. I could do something egregious. I could go to your house and break every one of your windows, just smash them all out. But I have a contract from you that says, you don't care what I do to your house. Even though the activity I'm doing is illegal, I cannot be persecuted under the law because I entered a covenant agreement with you and that cannot be broken. The police might come and arrest me and I might have to go to a court because people just generally don't understand. Most people are just lost. They generally don't understand these Torah principles that just exist on the Eretz, right? They don't get it. So I'll get arrested, I'll get pulled in, and then the second I go before a judge, I'll say, Judge, I have this piece of paper signed by that person that says I'm allowed to do whatever I want to that house to include breaking of windows, unlocking of doors, eating of refrigerator food, whatever the contract says. Guess what's going to happen? Even though I did damage to property, which normally invokes a sentence of some kind from a judge, that judge cannot, cannot, will not, cannot Come against the agreement that me and you had and I will walk away scot-free because I have an agreement with you that was binding. Covenants cannot be broken by anybody except for the people involved in the covenant. That's it. No one can divorce my wife except for me. I'm the only one who can do it. I'm the only one who could walk away from this current covenant I have with my spouse. And she can too, because she's involved in it too. No one else could do it. You could come to me and tell me, hey, you guys are divorced, here's a piece of paper. All I have to do is say, I don't enter that covenant. I don't agree with you, and then what? Then what are you gonna do? You could tell me I'm not allowed. I mean, as a matter of fact, because my wife is black and I'm white, there was a time in this country where they did tell people like us, no, you can't be married, right? They did try to tell them, but guess what happened? People entered covenants with each other anyway, and the government just couldn't do anything about it. So what did they do? They resorted to beating, yelling, scaring, intimidation tactics. That's what they resorted to because they couldn't legally change the covenants that they didn't like. They couldn't do it. So they just tried to force you to agree... That's what they try to do, right? So that's our whole government system is to try to force us to agree and enter covenants. That's what they're trying to get us to do. They want us to enter a covenant. I don't want you to walk around without this uh, piece of cloth on your face. Do you agree to enter this covenant? And if I don't want to do it, then I don't have to. I just don't have to. But I agree because I just think it's not that big of a deal. So whatever. There's a time to rebel. It's not right now. I will enter this covenant with you, sir, and I will agree, right? Covenants between people can only be made and broken by those people. This is a concept. It's almost like it's a higher plane of understanding to think just because you're born in this country or just because you're born a certain way or a certain race or creed or color or religion that you have to act a certain way. I don't have to do anything that I have not entered into covenant or agreement with. I don't have to. And I don't enter covenant and agreement with this country. I enter covenant and agreement with the laws, statutes, and commandments of Yahuwah. That is what governs me. That's what governs me. And that's what governed, governed the people of Israel. And they broke it because they didn't do it. See, they didn't fulfill their end of the covenant. So there exists a law on the Eretz, on the whole land, that a covenant between two people cannot be broken by anybody but those two people. This is, I mean, go ahead to a lawyer right now. Sign a contract, a fake contract with your wife that says, I will give you my left toe. And go take it to a lawyer and say, hey, I want out of this because my wife's asking for my left toe. Guess what he's going to do? Guess what the lawyer's going to say? I can't help you because you entered an agreement that she has rights to your left toe. That's it. That's all they're going to do. They're not even going to take your case, even though it's something so absurd because they cannot Break a deal or covenant that you had between somebody you and somebody else and our exchanges every day that we have are Many covenants every time I'm talking with somebody or agreeing with somebody or having a conversation with somebody I'm making many covenants and agreements as we go that we Choose to agree or disagree on certain subjects but that person cannot rule over me unless I signed a contract that says I will allow you to be my boss uh, with the, uh, provocation that I received the following wages. Right. And now I'm in a covenant with that person and who can break that covenant? Me, my boss and nobody else, right? The law couldn't do anything. Couldn't do a thing. If I signed a contract with my boss and my company, because I am under covenant and agreement with that person. It is a law. It will never change. Okay. And and now this leads me to my next point, which is we have to address this thing called the new covenant. Because I know in my Western church mind that I was trained and enchanted in this thing called Christianity, that I believed that I was under a new covenant. But I'm going to show you here, we're going to read some verses and we're going to talk about, or we're going to talk about covenant, right? How God, because I'm telling you, God does not break covenants. He Follows his own laws, guys. What kind of a father would we have if he gave us a bunch of rules and regulations and he didn't follow them himself? Go ahead and look it up in the Psalms. It says, "The Torah, which is your ways, this is the way the Father acts." Guess what? Guess what your Most High does on on the Sabbath? Guess what he does on the Sabbath? He, he rests. We know this. We definitely see a perfect example of it in Genesis, right? on the seventh day he rested because he keeps torah he keeps the law just the same just the same he does what he tells us to do those are his ways that just doesn't mean they're his because he created them you know the president of the united states creates a rule guess what that rule applies to him too (laughs) because he's creating a rule for the land right for That's what, that's how that works. So he follows, he doesn't break his covenant either. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about this new covenant. Now I'm going to go, Jeremiah 31 has got a lot to say about the new covenant and all this new stuff coming, but I'm going to read just uh, verse 31 through 34. So we're going to go Jeremiah 30, sorry, we're going to go Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34. Sorry, I got a little confused there because of the double 31s, but anyway, here we go. It says, Behold, the days come, says Yahuwah, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Yehuda, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers. In that day, I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Mitzrayim, which my covenant they break, although... I was a husband unto them, saith Yahuwah. But this covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith Yahuwah. So this covenant that he's going to make after. So they broke it. Now, after they broke it, here's what I'm going to do. That's what he's saying. I will put my Torah in their inward parts and write it in their hearts. And I will be their Elohim and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know Yahuwah, for they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith Yahuwah. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. So uh, I'm going to skip ahead to to the book of Hebrews because Paul... Uh, actually quotes this verse, so let's just cover let's just cover that so that we can get uh, some people don't like if you don't do new and old they they believe in this two uh, party system to prove your point and so let's do that let's let's do that uh, it's uh, Hebrews eight seven through eleven it says for if that first covenant had been faultless then should no place have been sought for the second for finding fault with them he says behold the days come saith Yahuwah, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah not according to the covenant that I made with the fathers in that day when I took them by the hand and led them out see he's quoting from Jeremiah here so you think Paul's bringing up something new seems to me that he's he's quoting exactly what the uh, old said so let's so I brought them out of the land of Mitzrayim, just like it says in Jeremiah because they continued not in my covenant. So who can break a covenant? The people in it. So Israel broke the covenant. And I regarded them not, saith Yahuwah, for this, the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, again, after they broke the covenant, I'm going to do something else. Here's what it's what I'm going to do. This is what I'm calling it. I will put my Torah in their mind and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them an Elohim, and they shall be to me a people. And they will not teach every man his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, No, Yahuwah, for all shall know me, from the least to the greatest. Okay, so, Western Church, listen up. You think you're under a new covenant. Do you, are you, right, required to preach to your neighbors and to the people in the community around you. Are you required to teach? Yes, right? (laughs) As a matter of fact, it was one of the last things that King Yahshua said to us, right? He said, go and make disciples of all nations. So if we're to go and make disciples of all nations, then have we reached the part spoken of in Hebrews eight and Jeremiah 31, where it says that, and they shall not teach every man his neighbor and his brother for all shall know me. So does everyone know him? Does everyone on earth know him? Does everybody know and recognize Yahuwah and King Yahshua as the ruling authority? Does everybody know? No. No, they don't know. Well, then we're not in this new covenant. We're not there. If if we're still required to preach, and I'm told that when the new covenant happens, you won't have to preach anymore, then I am clearly not under the new covenant. I'm not there yet. You guys, this is what happens after the resurrection. If you want to know what you'll be doing in the millennial reign, I know I know churches love to like talk about the kingdom of heaven as some... Uh, uh, you know, allegory to us and the power that we have in God. It's an, it's a, a, sure. You can say that. Great. Good, good preaching. I'm glad that that encouraged and tickled everybody's ears. But when it talks about, uh, the kingdom of heaven, it's a literal kingdom, a literal building. And we get descriptions of this in the book of revelations and, and, uh, prophets like Ezekiel, Jeremiah, they all talk about this kingdom, the new Jerusalem And when Yahshua returns, what's it say? It says he's coming with heaven and his angels. So he's bringing this new place to us. And he's going to set it down. And we're going to get to inherit it, right? Because we, we had a heart for the Father. We believed in Yahshua. He's going to sort. Some are going to get kicked out. Some are going to get accepted in. And those that get accepted in are going to dwell in the house of Israel, under the new covenant. And we won't have to preach because the whole world is going to look left and see a giant glowing building. Right? So that is millennial reign time. That's King Yahshua on the earth reigning. And you don't need to ask anybody if they believe in God because every single person will know that he's real. Now they could choose to serve him or not, because choice is, is, is a thing for them. Now for us, we will have no more choice, right? Or We have already made our choice on this side of the plane. And our choice was the law, statutes, and commandments of King Yahshua that we will do them. Right. And that we will want to be with him and that we seek good and not bad and that we seek the behavior of the father. And we believe that the son can save us from our wretched sin because we messed up the law. And so we need a high priest who's going to bring us back and say, yo, I vouch for this dude. Right. We get those concepts. Right. I know we do in the Western church. I know we understand the concept that that's what's going to happen. But we don't enter the new covenant until we are resurrected. Because clearly I'm not in it now because I'm supposed to preach. And I'm supposed to teach. And I'm supposed to go to the highways and the byways and to make disciples of all nations. But this right here says when the new covenant happens, you ain't going to have to preach no more. So I must not be at that point yet. Oh, and by the way, let's talk a little bit about what we'll do when we enter that new covenant. Because it says right here in Ezekiel 36, 26, and 27, it says, A new heart also will I give you. And a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And ye shall keep my judgments and do them. So um, does the church, does the uh, Hebrew Israelites, does Zion The people of of the Most High, do we do the Torah? No, not all of us. And those who do it are still learning a lot and still stumble and still make mistakes. Correct? Okay. Well, Ezekiel 36 clearly tells me that I will do the Torah perfectly. That's what it says. It says, I'm going to make it so that you, you can do it perfectly. Don't worry. You can't do it perfectly now. Just do your best I'm going to make it eventually so that you do it. But we're not at that point yet, are we? Clearly, because we have a whole nation that claims they're not under covenant. They're not in covenant with the Father. No, 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 that Torah covenant doesn't apply to me. Oh, really? Because Yahuwah, the Most High, does not break covenants because he created a rule on the earth. And that rule is if two people enter an agreement, it cannot be broken by anybody but those two people. He will honor agreements even when they don't suit him, even when they're wrong. He stood up for the Gibeonites. He stood up for them. He didn't help out Joshua, who was his people. He helped out the one that was not his people, and they were saved because they entered a covenant, and he won't break it. I'm not going to break that covenant. Now Now that you've done that, I've got to take some action, and he did take some action against the Gibeonites. Uh, the Lord did because of what because of because of that transaction, but notice that he didn't break the covenant because we don't serve a covenant-breaking Yahuwah. We don't. We don't serve one, and we are not entered into this new thing because we are still sinning and we are still required to preach. We are still under the other covenant. Ezekiel 37, 24 through 26, and says, David, my servant, shall be king over them, And they shall have one shepherd. Okay, how many shepherds we got on the earth right now? Oh, a whole bunch, right? Right now there's two guys specifically arguing to to be my shepherd, right? We're supposed to vote on pick pick your own shepherd day. And a bunch of nations have that same rule. So the fact that we don't have one shepherd, I'm not in the new covenant yet. Because there's a bunch of them out there and they're all clamoring for my support. And they shall do; all, also walk in my judgments, and observe my statutes, and do them. Verse 25, And they shall dwell in the land that I give, have given unto Yaakov, my servant, wherein your fathers have dwelt. And they shall dwell therein, even they, and their children, and their children's children forever. And my servant David shall be their prince forever. Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them, and it shall be an everlasting covenant. Everlasting covenant, right? What what am I talking about here this whole time? Our God, Most High, does not break covenants. If a covenant's broken, it's sure as heck going to be us. He does not break agreements. He established a law over the earth. (laughs) So this covenant will be everlasting because he said so. I love my God, man. He's dope. And I will place them and multiply them. And I will set my sanctuary in the midst of them forevermore. Okay, so where's the sanctuary, guys? Where's it at? Where's the sanctuary at? Well, it's uh, still sitting on top of the firmament waiting for the Most High to come with heaven as angels and bring it down, right? So the fact that the, the New Jerusalem, the sanctuary of the Most High, is not on this earth, then I am not in a new covenant yet. I will be after the day of the Lord when I'm resurrected by Yeshua and his is dwelling amongst me. So if I'm looking around and I see a sanctuary and I see that the earth only has one shepherd and I see that anyone, I say, Hey, do you know who the most high is? And every single person I ask says, yeah, I know who that guy is. So I don't have to preach him no more. Then I'll know. Then I'll know. Oh, I must be in the new covenant. Right. Y'all, be, you you guys would all be just walking around confused. Like, what's going on in this earth? What's that glowing thing? What's happening? <laughs> else, no, that's not going to happen. That's not going to be a thing. <laughs> There'll be no confusion. <laughs> There'll be no wishy-washiness. There'll be no denomination. The Baptist church will be gone. The Lutheran church will be gone. Non-denominational churches will be gone. The Orthodoxy Catholics will all be gone. And we will be one nation, one people with one shepherd. What? If that hasn't happened yet then I have not yet entered the new covenant. We just saw all the qualifiers, right? We just read them. The qualifiers are, you won't have to preach no more. The sanctuary is going to be in the midst of us. We're only going to have one shepherd. We're not in the new covenant. We're still under the covenant that the most high made with the earth, which is here's some Torah instructions on how to live your life, which has holidays, dietary laws, everything. This is what I want you to do. And everybody, oh my gosh, especially in today's uh, polarized America that we live in, it's just, oh man, I'm just disgusted by this nation. I just, uh, oh my gosh, we are so messed up and we're so polarized. But everybody would love to point to like Romans 13 and say, well, brother, it says submit to the highest governing authority. Yeah, bro, it does. What's higher than God's Torah? It says I elevated my Torah above my name go ahead, look it up. I can't read the Bible for you. I cannot read it for you. It says, I have elevated the Torah above my name. Well, he has the name above all names. So elevating his Torah above it is a pretty high thing. So when Paul was saying, submit to the governing authority, he's telling us to submit to the priesthood and to the Torah that's what he's telling us because we are clearly told you cannot serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other and you're telling me to serve something other than God's Torah you're telling me oh no, no no you don't have to serve the Torah but yes you do have to obey the laws of the land of course what man Christian I don't even get it dude I mean I used to get it I used to be just like you but now that I've come to the other side, I just don't understand why we would tell people, yes, you have to submit to the government of America. But no, you don't have to submit to the government of the Most High, who has a book that tells you the best way to run a government, the best way for your farmers to act, the best way to handle commerce, is in a book. Oh, that doesn't apply to you? Are you kidding me? Oh, man, I'm getting heated again, guys. I'm going to have to bow out. I had to bow out last last uh podcast i did because i just be getting heated i be getting oh man i get worked up you're telling me that Paul's telling me to submit to the government of america when i'm told that i cannot serve two masters No 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 paul is clearly telling me to submit to the torah and to the priesthood but you've been told that paul hated the torah and the priesthood so you draw false conclusions why would paul tell me to serve anything other than the most high why Okay, let's say that we are under a new thing. Let's just say, let's say you're right, I'm wrong. We're in, in a new thing called the church. Dispensationalism is right. Sure, I'll, I'll put this thought, I'll put this uh, thought process into my head. Right, this thought experiment. Okay, even if that's the case, do you think Paul would want you to submit to the church or to the government? Oh, and by the way, the government at the time when he was talking was horrible. It was uh, absolutely a terrible, tyrannical system that absolutely destroyed Hebrews and Christians alike. Mercilessly murdered and persecuted, you know, countless numbers. Like, I was trying to think of a number in my head, and I lost it because I was just like, who knows how many people that empire destroyed? Who knows the true answer of how many lives were ruined? And you think he wanted me to submit to that? No! No! Paul's telling us to submit to the authority of King Yeshua. He says submit to the highest form. Uh, You know what? I'm just going to go there. I'm just going to go there. Hold on. Let me pull it up. Romans 13. I got to just pull. I didn't have it pulled up in my notes, but it it popped in my head, and, and I have technology, so let's get into it. So it says, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but God. Stop. (laughs) let every soul be subject to the higher power okay and you're telling me that that's my current government that's america well paul has a second sentence let's just read that for there is no power but of god (laughs) and you're saying oh well god establishes all power he does he does he does that too but he's the power all right the powers that are to be ordained of god okay so people are ordained of god but god is the power all right let's just let's just get that out of the way right mm-hmm. yes god ordains people in power mm-hmm. but he is the power okay so whoever therefore mm-hmm. rest uh resist the power resist the ordinance of god what ord? Uh, uh by the way god has ordinances so to say that the laws of man are equal to the ordinances of God. You don't know the Bible. That is clear. There are ordinances of God. They're called the Torah. Okay. So whoever resistes the power that God put in place, the priesthood, the Torah, resists the ordinances of God. He's talking about ordinances of God, which there are in the Torah. Okay. And they shall resist shall receive to themselves damnation stop what am I supposed to fear who he who destroys with the who, who can destroy the flesh with the sword or he who can destroy the soul and the spirit right who can destroy everything wipe me out from existence well I'm supposed to fear God and God alone because only he can truly destroy me and not fear those whom have the sword So you're telling me that this verse relates to those who carry the sword of leadership in the nations of the world, but they can't take me to damnation. They can't damn me. They can only destroy my flesh, and I'm told that that's not a worry of mine. So what brings you to eternal damnation? Not being in covenant with the Father. That brings you to eternal damnation. Not being in his covenant gets you wiped out. I could be a horrible citizen in my country and be arrested all the time, but keep every law, statute, and commandment of the Most High, serve King Yahshua and preach his name, and I will still be counted on that day. Oh, and guess what? I have an example. His name was Paul. He was arrested all the time. And you're going to tell me that I need to do something so that I don't get arrested? I'm, I'm not concerned about that because those laws don't apply to me, guys. I'm not under that law. You can throw me in prison all you want. I'm still free because I'm still in covenant with the Father. You can throw me in prison. I'm still going to keep the Sabbath. I'm still not going to eat the unclean food you bring me because I know my covenant. I know what covenant I have entered. And so did Paul. Paul's not telling you worry about the damnation of people who destroy the flesh because he knows you should not fear those who can destroy the flesh. But to fear him... The most high who can destroy the soul. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. So now he's saying, hey guys, if you just do Torah and love stuff, you're not going to really have to worry about too much other stuff. You're not going to worry about, you'll get arrested and stuff, but... Really just do the Torah and people are going to have to leave you alone because you're just doing the right thing, right? For he is the minister of God. He's talking about priests here. To thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, revenging to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore, you must need to be subject, not only for wrath, but also for uh, conscience sake. For this cause pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers attending continually unto this very thing. Render therefore to all their duties tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. So he's just saying give to people what they deserve. Well, when you're talking about tribute, you, uh, again, uh, I love, I just, my last episode was why I hate hermeneutics. Because hermeneutical t- teachers will, will love to tell you, we see tribute, he's telling you to keep taxes. And I'm proving that hermeneutically through Romans 13. Well, it doesn't say the word taxes, does it? It says tribute. Well, let's define tribute in the Bible. Well, there's a bunch of them in the Torah. They're the only ones mentioned. So we're going to, that's what we're going to do. He's telling you that we need to give to the priesthood, submit to their authority and help them do what they got to do that. And the reason he's got to tell these Romans this is because he's got a lot of priests and Pharisees and stuff that ain't doing the right thing that were appointed not by uh their hebrew bloodline or by the most high but by the roman government there's plants there's people that have been paid off yeshua runs into him he says yo give me a coin why does a priest even have a roman coin he's paid not in roman coins according to the Torah. he has a roman coin because he was a plant he was placed there by the roman government to maintain control over the people not to continue the correct religion that's what is happening And then he says go ahead they they asked about giving tribute to caesar he goes go ahead give him back what he already gave to you because they were already corrupt he wasn't telling me to pay taxes he was telling the pharisees go give the money back to the dude who gave it to you i ain't worried about y'all y'all messy that's what the most that's or not the most high that's what the uh the king yeshua was saying he was saying get away from me and go give to the guy you've already submitted to because tributes that go to priests are all kinds of foods and provisions to help them continue to run their, their, their priesthood, to continue to keep the temple operational. That's what it is. That's what he's telling us, right? And then he goes on right after this in Romans 13 and 8 and says, Oh man, no thing but to love one another, for he that loves another hath fulfilled the law. So then he goes on to tell you, Hey, all this, we're, we're submitting to the Torah, we're submitting to the priesthood, and we're going to do right. Because if we do right, people won't be able to judge us and we'll be in peace, right? We'll have praise from other people because we're just people that do the right thing. We're, Hebrew people should just do the right thing so well that the rest of society looks at us and wants to be like us and wants to get what we got because we just got so much peace and so much prosperity that the Most High gave us, All right, And so he's saying, right, that we don't owe nobody nothing. So Caesar, come over here telling you, you owe me? No, 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 no. I don't owe you nothing but love, sir. Well, you got to pay this fine or this tax or this law. I, I owe you love, right? I owe you nothing but love. That's all I owe you. And then he says, because love is the Torah. So by loving, we it helps us do the Torah. And everyone, don't get me caught up on this word fulfill. I've already done teachings on that, and I'm not going to get too, I'm not going to get heated again and go down a word on fulfill. Fulfill does not mean abolish. Okay, it means to fill up. Right? It, 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 it has a totally different meaning than the Western Church. Y'all, you need to fix yourself on that one if you don't know what fulfill means, because really I ain't got the time for it. You know. But it says, so if we love, if we operate in love, it will help us operate in Torah. That's what it's really saying. It's saying if you just love and love people and love the Lord, you will start to keep the Torah automatically because of the love. It's like a cheat to help you do better. (laughs) That's all it is. So this is not telling me to submit to the governing power over me. It's telling me to submit to God and enter a covenant with him because he can bring eternal damnation to me. Okay, We're not to fear those who have the sword who can only kill the flesh. We're to fear him who can destroy the soul. So I'm not worried about a covenant between me and, a, and, and this United States of America. I'm not worried about a covenant and going up. See, when you go to the voting booth and you choose a leader, you are entering a covenant with that person. You're saying, I pick you to do the following things. You're entering a covenant with them. And I'm not entering a covenant with nobody except for the Most High. I'm out. I'm out. I'm done. I'm not going to do it. I will only be in covenant with the Most High. And oh, by the way, some of you who voted, that it, 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 you love to use Romans 13 to say that God appoints powers. And I say that you, maybe you could draw that conclusion from there. That, and, and I do believe that God appoints those in authority. But some people voted for Clinton and Trump won. So did you repent because you made the opposite choice of God? Did you? Because if God chooses who's in charge and He chose somebody different than you, choosing the opposite of the Most High is called sin. How many of you repented for voting for the wrong person? Not a single one of you. Not a single one of you did. Because you just think it's your right to do what's right in your own eyes. That's what you think. You think that I'm supposed to submit to a system that. allows people to do what's right in their own eyes instead of submit to the law of Torah, which makes me do what's right in God's eyes. What what sounds right? I mean, that's just common sense, guys. The Most High came down. He, he, He dwelled with Adam and Eve. It says he walked with them in the garden. And he made a covenant with them and with all their seed to come. And he will not break that covenant. That covenant is the Torah. If you want to be in covenant with the father, you have to try to live according to his laws, statutes, and commandments. There is no other way. Now, how do you enter the covenant? Through King Yahshua. Through King Yahshua. King Yahshua gets you in. He's the one who says, yeah, that guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on, come on. You can come in. He's cool. He's cool. But once you do it, you have to live a covenant life. (laughs) Because the covenant's not broken because the Most High never breaks covenants. And I know you're going to throw it at me and say, oh, he divorced Israel. Well, yeah, he did because they broke the covenant. He didn't. So the covenant still exists in his mind. He just said, you people have to get away from me because you are not operating in the covenant. That doesn't mean the covenant goes away. It meant the people went away. It doesn't say I scatter my Torah to the earth because it broke my covenant. Because you broke my covenant, I'm getting rid of it and I'm throwing the law away. No, he said, because you broke my covenant, you can't live here. Because you broke the covenant, you can't live here. Why? Because to live here, there's a covenant and there's a rule. And Yeshua renewed the covenant. See, Hebrews, they don't really have a new. You you see, the most high doesn't make new things. He makes all things new. You get it? Do you see the difference so he took this covenant and he didn't get rid of it because he doesn't break covenants because you never ever find in the scripture him breaking a covenant ever. he never breaks agreements between people. okay he gets mad at them he doesn't like them he likes some he doesn't like others and if you don't enter in a proper agreement then you can't you can't sit with us. you can't sit over here. you can't sit here and eat with me and dine with me because you're not in covenant with me so get out. The people were kicked out. The people were broken. Not the covenant. The covenant was renewed. It was renewed not for me. I'm a Gentile or I'm not anymore. I'm a Hebrew now, but I was a Gentile and I was now, and I'm a, and I now I can I am in. I'm saved, right? I'm a part of the covenant now. He had to renew it for the Israelites because he didn't want them to be without a covenant. That's why the renewal had to take place. It wasn't a new thing because they're done and this new thing's happening. No, 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 no. I need to renew this because I want them to come back. I want them to come back to the land. I I have to renew my vows with you because I still want you. I still love you. I, I don't want to break the covenant. So the renewal process through King Yeshua was to bring the lost sheep back. And go ahead, read your Bible. It's in there a billion times. I'm going to bring them back. Don't worry, I'll bring you back. Don't worry, you're coming back. Don't worry, I'm going to bring you back in. He says it in 50 different times, 50 different, I mean, billions. It's all over the scriptures that he wants his people to come back. Why? Because the covenant's not done, the people were done. And he needed to renew it so that the people could come back and re-enter that covenant. It's the same covenant. He just had to renew it so they could re-enter it. You see, it's not about dispensationalism, it's not about breaking, it's not about a new thing, it's not about, well, now is the time of the Gentiles. No, now is the time of the Gentiles because Gentile nations are ruling the world, not Israel. That's why it's the time of the Gentiles. Because Gentiles rule this world with wickedness and treachery. And we are not to align with them, but we are to submit ourselves to the covenant of the Most High and to the covenant of the Most High only so that when he comes back, we can be accepted into the kingdom on that day of resurrection and allowed to enter the new covenant to where we will keep Torah forever. That's how the covenant works in the eyes of the Most High. That's it. That's it. We're not just, You would rather me submit to the laws of men than to the laws of God. I have argued with people all day when I say, American law doesn't apply to me. That's not my government. And this is what they say. Oh, geez, you're supposed to obey the laws of the land. And I say, well, I obey the Torah. Oh, you don't have to do that, brother. What? So in one sentence, you tell me to obey men. In the next sentence, you tell me I don't have to obey God. Man, we twisted. Okay, I'm getting heated again. We, we twisted, guys. We twisted. We believed the lie. We believed the lie. And it's time to break free. Oh, Yahuwah. Oh, Yahuwah. Break free the lie from these people, that they can come back into your presence and enter your covenant. Oh, boy. Please, please. Ra'u kakodesh. Go do something, please. We need the people to come back. We need them to see the truth of the covenant. Yahuwah does not break covenants. The Torah is still a covenant because he doesn't change his mind. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Forever means forever. Keep these laws, statutes, and commandments forever. You guys... Covenants in the mind of God cannot be broken. Agreements between two people cannot be broken. And currently, we have more Christians that are in agreement with their nation than they are with their father. Because we care more about the laws, statutes, and commandments of men than we do the laws, statutes, and commandments of the Most High. I know preachers that stand up there and preach who they should vote for. Or preach about... um, uh, you know, how to, how to run a church under the current tax system and use it to your advantage. I mean, I know people that spend time and it's fine. They're just trying to be good stewards in, in the world they live in. I'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing, but what I'm saying is they will spend more time preaching about that, which leads you to the laws of men than they will talking about the laws of God. You guys, the covenant still stands. And the reason the covenant still stands is because the most high don't break covenants. He made an agreement with the people. The agreement with the people of Israel is that if you keep these laws, statutes and commandments, you can enter on the last day, I'm gonna bring you back to life. This is what Abraham believed. Go ahead and read it, read it. That I'm gonna bring you back to life and there's gonna be a nation that you're gonna inherit because you tried to keep my behaviors while you lived on this earth. That's what Abraham believed. It says the gospel was preached to Abraham. That's the gospel message. That there's a kingdom coming down and that those who walk according to the law, statutes and commandments can enter that kingdom. And then Yeshua came on and was like, yo, you guys didn't do a good job, but don't worry. If you believe in me, I'm gonna raise you back up and give you a chance to do it again. But when you do it this time, I'm gonna put it on your heart so you do it right forever. Right, that's through King Yeshua. He gets me in the covenant. I can't resurrect myself. I don't have power to do that. All I have power to do is die in my sin. And since we're still all dying, we clearly haven't had our sins forgiven. Because once your sins are forgiven, the punishment for sin is death. So once the sin is forgiven, there's no more death. Well, right now, we're all still dying. So we're all still under the old covenant that leads to death. Every one of us. We're still under that. Because we still die. Because we're still in sin. And we have to do our best to walk in the Torah, in the covenant of the Lord, so that when he resurrects us on the last day because of our faith, that he'll look at us and go, you know what? He wanted to be like me, so I'm going to give him a chance. Oh, and by the way, here's a pencil. Let me write this on your heart. You ain't going to mess up no more. Go ahead. The Torah will be done all throughout the millennial reign and through eternity. What do you do in heaven? You keep the Torah. You're going to rest on the Sabbath. You're going to do all those things because Yahuwah does not break covenants. We broke it. We messed up what he did, so he just said, let me refix it, renew it, so that you can come back, because I still want you to. I still want you in this covenant. That's the rules, laws, and statutes that govern the earth. That govern the earth. The whole earth is governed by these laws. That's why a judge cannot overturn an d- agreement between me and another person. So you can throw me in court all you want and throw me in jail all you want. I have an agreement and a covenant with the Father, and that's what I keep, and that's what's important to me. And I don't care about anything else because I was told that man-made laws are bad. And we're going to get into a whole other discussion now, guys. And I don't want to get into another discussion with you. Uh, We're going down a whole rabbit trail here. So let's go ahead and end it there with the fact that, hey, guys, the covenant still stands. Look at covenants and what they are to the Most High. He does never break them. He does never break them. And neither can anybody on this planet. It's literally a rule that applies to the whole earth and cannot be changed. And the Most High said, I have a covenant that I want you to enter with me, and that is believe in my son, Yahshua, the king, the Mashiach, my anointed one. Believe in him, and he will resurrect you so that you can keep the Torah forever. And until that time, do your best to stay in covenant with me because that's where blessings come from. And if you don't, then you're gonna end up in a bunch of bad stuff, you're gonna end up in a bunch of curses. That is, that's what he said, so that's what it will be, forever. That will never change. (laughs) Because if God don't change, then his word don't change. And he said, do these things. Okay? I hope that helps, guys. That's a little bit about how uh, covenants work. Uh, Please let me know what you think. Let me know if I'm right, if I'm wrong. Uh, I love to hear from you. I get good laughs out of a lot of the stuff that I get uh, from, from listeners. And uh, even, you know, got, made some friends and stuff just by chatting with people a little bit and uh, learning. And uh, we don't have to agree to love each other, uh, but we do have to love each other if we're going to learn from each other. So let, hit us up. I'm on uh, Facebook at The Art Being. I am on Twitter at The Real Art Being. And you can email me at theartofbeing at gmail.com except for in the word being it's a three where the e is so it's at the art of the letter b the number three ing at gmail.com let me know what you think Uh, if you'd love to support us we are also on patreon but really I don't really care about that. The best way that you can support is by liking and sharing so that the message can get out so that the Holy Spirit can do what he's supposed to do. That's the most important thing is that we just get the message out, guys, that we are still in covenant with the Father and that that covenant is the laws, statutes, and commandments because we're not under a new thing because that new thing hasn't happened yet. And that's the recap. All right, guys. Well, I love you, and I pray that you have a blessed day. Bye.